about to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. All right, take your Bibles this morning, go to 2 Peter chapter 3. I spent most of the week trying to come up with a fabulous Christmas sermon for all of you, and let me tell you, it just didn't come. I worked on a way in a manger, and I never got away in a manger at all. I tried, there was no room in the inn. I thought that might work, but that didn't work either. So what we're going to talk about this morning really doesn't have a whole lot to do with Christmas, but that's all right, praise God, because we're not too conventional the way it is. Uh, the book that was released two years ago called What Now, most of you got a copy of that, have read it, maybe bought others and gave it to them. At that time, you know, right after I released it, I wondered to God, my, my question wasn't what now, it was why now. I mean, what now I knew, I knew it, it could have been published 10 years ago, it could have been published eight years ago, it could have been published seven, why now was my question to God, why should I do it now? And whenever God responds to me, he responds, you know, he doesn't really give me visions. He doesn't really give me dreams. He doesn't really give me a prophetic word very much. What he gives me is the word is my prophetic word. Does that make sense? Yeah. So in other words, he takes me through the word to speak to me, to show me what's going on, why it's going on, why this was a good time, et cetera, et cetera. So look at 2 Peter chapter 3. That's what we're going to talk about this morning. Look at verse 1. It says, this second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you in both which I would stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of the apostles of the Lord and Savior. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lusts, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of water and in the water, whereby the world that then was, being overflowed with water, perish. But the heavens and the earth which are now by the same word are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But, beloved... Be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come into repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. Hallelujah. All right, look at verse 1 and 2. First of all, it says in verse 2 that you may be mindful of the words that were spoken before by the holy prophets and the apostles. Notice here he wants us to remain mindful of the word that we have heard, whether it would be through a preaching, through a teaching, or be through a prophetic word or whatever. We have to remain to be mindful of what God has said. Why is that? Notice if you do that, it will stir you up. Say, stir me up. So every time I get unstirred, I go back to find a word that stirred me at the time that I heard it and rehear it to re-stir me because I was losing my stir and wanted to be restirred. Does that make sense? <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Good. Look at verse 3. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lusts. How I many know oh, this is true? And saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Here it talks about in the last days, which I believe in my heart that we are in right now, there are going to come scoffers. 
There's going to come sinners. There's going to come liars. There's going to come corrupt people in the last days. And what are they going to say? Where is this God that you serve? Where is this God that you speak so highly of? Nothing's changed. Everything's still the same. Look, we're corrupt and we're still rich. We're sinners and we're still doing just fine. Where is this God? Where is? And some people, I think sometimes in my own life, I've asked that question. You know, look what's going on, God. Where in the heck are you? You know, we on vacation or what are we doing? Praise God. Something needs to be done. So notice what God says. They are ignorant. Say they're ignorant. ignorant. All right, let's check out their ignorance. Look at verse 5. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water, and the water whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished, but the heavens and the earth which are now by the same word are kept in store, reserved unto the fire against the day of judgment. So here's the answer. What does God say, or what does Peter say? Peter says that basically what the ignorant don't understand, what the scoffers don't understand, what the corrupt people don't understand, was it took them quite a while to build corruptness in. They had to get people into positions. They had to brainwash people to get them to understand the lies and obey the lies. And it took decades and decades to bring this country and our own lives where it is right now. But the ignorance comes because they don't understand God. See, God don't work that way. God declares and it happens. When God said, let there be an earth, he didn't go out and get a thousand people with shovels. He didn't get escalating company to come in and build this earth for him. It didn't take him 2,000 years to get the earth built. When he declared, let the earth be, the earth... Boom. So they're saying, where is this God? Where is he? Well, let me tell you, God's just about to do some talking. And the thing is with God, when he declares something, it happens right now. Do you understand? It doesn't take 25, 30 years for this to happen. It happens right now. So the scoffers are saying it took us years to get where we're at right now. It took us years to get abortion in there. It took us years to get all these lies in there. It took centuries to get this. Where is your God? Well, I'll tell you what, pretty soon they're going to find out. We're at a time of finding out where God is, praise God. Because God is going to do some talking here in the immediate future. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Look at verse 8. But beloved, say that's me. Don't be ignorant. Be not ignorant of one thing. A day is a thousand years. Is a thousand years is a day. So what, was, what does it say here? God is not in our time. Matter of fact, he's not in time at all. Matter of fact, he's in eternity. So a day to God's a thousand years, a thousand years to God's a day, 20 days to God is a day. Uh, it doesn't make any difference. He's in eternity. Now, Tom, you know time matters to us because we stuck in time. So God says, don't worry about anything because when I declare in eternity what's going to happen, things are going to change in the time period that we're in right now. All right, look at verse 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but he is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish but all should come into what? Everlasting life. So notice, it's not that the Lord's weak. It's not that the Lord's not paying attention. It's not that the Lord don't care. It's not that the Lord doesn't really mind what's happening in the earth realm. God is love. Amen. Hallelujah. I hope to get there totally someday, but I'm certainly not there. Because he has been long-suffering. Mm-hmm. He has been kind to these people. Yes. He has been nice to these people. He has been waiting on these people because he will none perish but all come into everlasting life. So there was a period here, and I believe it was the last four years, when righteousness started to be restored to this earth realm through even our government in different areas, that these people had a chance to make a switch. They had, and some of them did. There are some people out there that were way out there that got the word, and now they're on the, they stepped across the other side of the aisle, and they're doing that, bless God. But notice, the switch has to take place, but there is a time when God's going to say, time's up. And I'm not a judgment preacher. I'm a love and grace preacher. That's right. 
But judgment's coming. I'm telling you right, judgment is going to happen. It's going to happen swiftly. It's going to reveal. Look at the corruption that's being revealed right now. Look at the lies that are being revealed right now. Every single day we see another person that we didn't even think was on that side came out and they're on that side. What's God doing? Just keeps revealing. Just keeps bringing the corruption out. Just keeps come, trying to give everybody an opportunity to step over. Now, if I was God, there'd be a lot of dead people right now. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. Come on. I'm more of a short-suffering type of guy. Come on now. And my short suffering would have been gone long ago. But God is long suffering. Say long suffering. So God is waiting patiently, waiting patiently, waiting patiently. But patience time is now over with. Judgment is coming to the earth. God is going to judge the earth. Hopefully before that time, which is going to be very soon, some people turn. All right, go to 1 Peter chapter 4. First Peter chapter 4. Look at verse 12. It says, Beloved, say, that's me. that's me. Notice, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trier which is to try you, as though some strange thing is happening to you. But rejoice inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. And if you be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are you, for the spirit of glory and the spirit of God rests upon you. On your part, on, on their part, he is evil spoken of, but on your part, he is glorified. Now look at verse 17. For the time has come that judgment must begin, and it will begin at the house of God. And if it first begins at us, what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel? And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where then shall the ungodly and the sinner end up? Hallelujah. Now, notice, first of all, he says you shouldn't be surprised what's going on in the world. You shouldn't be upset. You shouldn't think it's a strange thing because all this stuff is laid out in the Word of God, what's going on right now. But verse 13, but rejoice that you are a partaker of Christ's suffering. Say, I am, I am. a partaker. I take part in Christ's sufferings. Now, the church has taught this. I don't know why, but partakings of sufferings is when we go through something, when we're partaking of his sufferings. If I'm getting sick and I'm going to die, I'm partaking of the sufferings of Christ. If I'm in pain, I'm... But notice, he did enough suffering for all of us. And you ain't going to add into the thing him by your sufferings. So I want to be a partner of, I want to partake in his sufferings. Well, he went to the cross and suffered to restore me back to righteousness. So if I'm going to partake in Christ's sufferings and I'm going to partake in what Jesus did for me, he restored me back to righteousness. Not only righteousness, but he made me righteous so I could be filled with somebody by the name of the Holy Ghost on the inside of me that I can complete the mystery of the Bible, which is Christ in me, the hope of glory. And how many know if you're going to partake of that, you're going to get some slack. People are going to get on you. They're going to say you're nuts. They're going to say you're way out there. Well, you're just believing the word, and you have become a partaker of Christ himself. So notice, we are partakers of Christ. Now, notice what it says. Judgment is here, and it's going to start where? At the house of God. Now, you probably don't remember this. God just brought it to my mind way back when the pandemic first started, and we closed down. And the first time we did something on Facebook, God spoke to me in the middle of my sermon. I said, you need to be praying for pastors and churches. Because judgment is coming. Now, that was six, eight months ago. What happened? Now it comes back to me. Judgment is coming. 
Judgment is coming not only in the world, it's coming on the church. It's coming on those people who have sided with and are supporting things that are not in alignment with the kingdom of God. It's coming on them. They've had time. They've had time to change. They've had time to see the word of God. But since they're so excited, I mean, when I turned on after the election, the day later and went on Facebook and some other areas, it, I saw these pastors and Christians rejoicing. Rejoicing. What for? Oh, we've got a woman now in the White House where we're doing better. We're doing godly things. We're doing this and that. I mean, it almost made me sick on the inside to know that they had not stepped over the right side of the aisle yet. And now I know why, because judgment's coming and it's coming to the house of God. There are pastors out there right now who are leading a flock down the road. Let the blind lead the blind. They're all going to fall into a ditch and they are going to be accountable for what's going on in their lives right now. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Is this too hard for Christmas? I don't, want to, I don't want to wake up the baby Jesus now this morning. No, there's, there's judgment coming to places that support abortion who call themselves Christians and support homosexuality and support gay marriage and all this stuff. Those are not aligned. Now, we're not against the people. We're aligned with the philosophy and the backing up of that stuff by people, praise God. All right, go to, go to Isaiah chapter 5. All right, Isaiah chapter 5. Look at verse 11. Woe unto them that rise up early in the morning and that may follow strong drink that continue until night till wine inflame them. And the harp and the voil and the tabret and the pipe and the wine are in their feasts, but they regard not the work of the Lord, neither consider the operation of his hands. Because of that, my people are gone into captivity. Because they have no knowledge, and their honorable men are famished, and their multitude dried up with thirst. Therefore, hell has enlarged herself, and opened her mouth without measure, and the glory, and their multitude, and their pomp, and he that rejoices shall descend into it. And the mean man shall be brought down, the mighty man shall be humbled, and the eyes of the lofty shall be humbled, but the Lord of hosts shall be exalted in judgment, and God that is holy shall be sanctified or set apart in righteousness. Praise God. Glory to God. Now that's a mouthful there. But notice what it's talking about. It's talking about those pastors and those leaders who have drank the wine of this world to a place where they have come to a place where they're intoxicated. Basically, they want fame. Basically, they want fortune. Basically, they want to be recognized. Basically, they want to be noticed. Basically, they want to have a large church. There's churches out there this morning that are large buildings, beautiful, but no Holy Ghost is written right across the doorway when you walk in because he's been shut out, basically, out of those places. There are seeker-friendly churches that just seek friendness, and there's nothing wrong with friendliness, but my God, you better become friend with God before you try to be a friend with anybody else. So basically, he's talking about these pastors and these leaders who were doing this. And basically, what happened? Now, if you read in Matthew, it says, hell was basically created for the devil and his angels. God was good with that. He didn't want anybody down there. He made it for his devil and his angels. But because of what's taking place, hell has had to be enlarged. Now, why did he enlarge? To make more room. To make more room for what? For people who are not understanding what's going on right now, do not know the work of the Lord, what's going on, have no understanding of spiritual things whatsoever, and the heavily accountable of those are their leaders. Yeah. 
I'm washing my hands this morning. Won't be my fault, praise God. I'll tell you right now. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now look at this verse, verse 13. And the mean men shall be brought down, and the mighty man shall be humbled, and the eyes of the lofty shall be humbled. But the Lord of hosts shall be exalted where? Oh, my goodness sakes. Look at that. The Lord of hosts shall be exalted where? Now, I just told you what's coming on the earth. Judgment. It's coming to people, coming to regular people, coming to the house of God. But notice, the good news is in judgment, God is now, when God is exalted, how many of you know that might equal revival? Yeah. I mean, God's high enough right now. You exalt Him anymore. There are going to be problems, praise God. There's going to be a move of God. There's going to be a move of the Spirit of God. So notice it's in judgment time that God's... Look at judgment and say, oh my God, look what's going on. No, you should say, praise God, it's about time. It's about time judgment has come. It's about time it showed up because God, now He is going to be exalted, praise God. All right, go to Samuel chapter 11. Let's talk about us now. 1 Samuel 11. First Samuel chapter 11, are you there? Yes. Then Nahash the Ammonite... Verse. Right on... One. Yes. Sorry. All right, verse 1, Then Nahash the Ammonite came up and encamped against Jebeth Gilead, and all the men of Jebesh said unto Nahash, Make a covenant with us, and we will serve thee. And Nahash the Ammonite answered them, On this condition will I make a covenant with you, that I may thrust out all your right eyes and lay them for a reproach upon Israel. Now, here's someone basically representing the spirit that's in the world today. You can call it Jezebel spirit. You can call it Antichrist spirit. You can call it whatever spirit you want. It's just not of God. Do you get it? I don't care what name you get it. But this shows basically that uh, th that spirit was taking over at this time. And he came to a man of God, and the man of God knew he was in trouble. So the demonic spirit says, what I want you to do is I want to make it a covenant with you. I would like to make an agreement with you. I'd like to make a compromise to you. If you watch the news, they're trying to make a compromise with you. They're trying to get you to agree every time you turn it on. Every time you go to Facebook and something, the election comes up, pops up, and the election's already over, and Joe Biden has won the election. Every single, you can't go anywhere where it doesn't pop up below the thing. Don't you know? We have the results of the election. We have the results of What are they trying to do? They're trying to get you to come into agreement or compromise with them. They're trying to get you to change the word of the Lord that's already come forth. They're trying to get you to compromise that and go against that and take that side of the government. Why do they want to do that? Notice this. So he can tear out your right eye. He wants your right eye. Why is that? Because without a vision, people perish. See, he, want, he wants to take our vision from us. He wants to take our stuff. I mean, when I wrote that book, and all, all excited about it 10, 11 years ago, and want to get it published, and I sent it to guys that I've been big ministers who I've been supporting and everything else. I mean, you know, i got a vision. I'm excited. Sent it out there and waited and waited. Two weeks wait, came back, and they said, well, you don't have, really have time to read this, blah, 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 blah. Here's a list of our books you can buy, blah, 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 blah. And how many know that poked me right in the right eye? So then I called a publisher. I said, I don't care, praise God. This is what God's telling me to do, and I'm going to call a publisher. And I got all the publisher. I didn't know where he was. He came up online. He was good enough for me. I went for him, and he sent me back the price, and it said $11,000. At that time, I lost both eyes. <laughs> Not only my right eye, I lost my left eye, praise God. 
And that was the end of it. But I see now that it was not the timing also for that book. Praise God. So you have got to come to a place where you stand on the Word of God and the Word of God only, basically, because of what God has already spoken to each and every one of us. The devil is after your right eye. It's over. Give up. Evil has won. God's word doesn't work. Hold hands now. Let's come into unity and sing kumbaya, kumbaya, kumbaya. Because we're all going to get together now. Now look at their response. And the elders of Jabesh said unto him, Give us seven days respite that we may send messengers unto all the coast of Israel. And then if there be no man to save us, we will come to you. Now that's 90% of the church. Well, let's see what the news says tomorrow. And if they have some good news tomorrow, I'm, I'm right with you, praise God. Oh, there was some bad news. I don't think it's going to work out, praise God. Oh, it might work. Oh, it might not work. Oh, it might not work. Listen, you cannot believe what God has said and what the prophets did on Sunday and on Monday talk about everything that's going to go bad when Joe Biden gets in. Can't do that. That's double-minded. You can't do that. You can't proclaim God's going to meet my needs according to his riches and glory, then complain your mortgage isn't going to be met this month. Make up your mind which side of the aisle you're going to get on. You can't sit in the middle anymore. You've got to make up your mind which way you're going. So look at verse 6. And the Spirit of God came. How many know it's always good when he shows up? And the Spirit of God came upon Saul when he heard these tidings, and his anger was kindled, and he took a yoke of oxen, and he hewed them in pieces, and he sent them throughout the coast of Israel by the hands of the messengers, and said, Whosoever comes not forth after Saul and Samuel, so shall it be done to his oxen. And the, I mean, you know, this is a threat. This is, if you'd like to follow us, please follow us. He said, you better get it together, bless God, because you better do it one way or another. And I believe God's speaking to people, every people. I don't care if you're born again, not born again, in a church, not in a church. I'm talking to you when we go out on Facebook this morning. You better make up your mind where you stand right now. Don't be sitting there in the middle. Man, when I was a little boy and we used to go out to grandpa's and, and they used to have pigs and piglets and I'd pick up them little pigs and we'd hold them and they'd squeal and the mother would chase us and we'd jump back over the fence. You know, it was like a game. And one time I was holding a little piglet and he was coming and he wanted to let him get as close as a kin to you to make it a game. You know, he didn't want to run away. And he got closer and closer and I went over and went over the top. One of those barbed wires caught me right here in the crotch. How many of you know when they stick in you, they stay in your pants? So here I am. I've got one leg in freedom. My God meets all my needs according to his riches and glory. And I got one over here that says, I'm going to be praying for a new leg here shortly. And I'm stuck. And every time he comes, I go, woo, woo. But I couldn't get off. I was stuck. There's a lot of Christians stuck on barbed wire right now. Come on, you better get off of that fence right now. And you better get on the good side because they're coming and they're going to keep hitting you with this stuff. Get away from this stuff for God's sakes. Don't live in this stuff. Don't stay there, praise God. Listen to what the prophets say. Read the word of God. Confess the word of God. Thank on the word of God. Hallelujah. All right, go to 1 Samuel chapter 30. First Samuel, still in First Samuel, we went up to chapter 30. It's right between 29 and 31 for those of you that are struggling. You're welcome. <laughs> All right, are you there? First Samuel 30. Look at verse 1. And it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day, and the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire. 
They had taken the women captives and were therein. They slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. So David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire. And their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captive. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept, and they had no more power to weep. I mean, no, this was a bad day. Come on, their whole city was burned, their wives were gone, their kids were gone, everything they owned was gone, everything was gone. I'm telling you, after November 3rd, a lot of people lost their ziklag. This is it. That's final. Don't matter what anybody says. It's over with. Then this happens and, oh, it's over with for sure now. It's over with. Now it's definitely over with. Everything's over with. It's not going to work. You never get to a place where God told you anything that it's over with. It's just over with with you when you won't believe what God has already told you and what to do. And through this whole pandemic, we've got depressed people. We've got down and out people. We've got people who's lost their jobs. I understand that. But all you've got to do is believe the word of the Lord, praise God, and it'll bring you up out of any situations in your life. Don't lose your right eye. Hang on to that thing. See the vision. If you're poor, see yourself wealthy. If you're sick, you continue to see yourself healed from the top of your head to the soles of your feet based on the word of the Lord, praise God, in every single area of your life. All right, look at verse 6. And David was greatly distressed, and the people spake of stoning him. How many of you want to be a leader? And David was greatly distressed, and the people spoke of stoning him, because the soul of the people was grieved, every man for his sons and his daughter, but David. Say, but David. But David David encouraged himself in the Lord and his God. What did David do? He was in a tough spot. Not only did they take his family away, he probably wishes they'd have taken his men away at this time too, because they were about to stone him at this time. So he went to the Lord, and he encouraged himself... Now notice, the the big words here are not encouraged himself, it's in the Lord. He encouraged himself in the Lord. The Bible says in Psalm 20 that some trust in horses, some trust in chariots, but we will trust in the name of the Lord God. Let me tell you this morning that CNN is a horse. MSNBC is a horse. I'm going to go a little further. Are you ready for this? Fox News is a horse. You want me to go a little bit further? Newsmax is a chariot. OAN is a chariot. Why? Because all they did was transfer our beliefs from Fox to another thing that just tells us up and down and up and down. And this is good. And you're going, you got your right eye one day. You didn't got no eyes the next day. You got your right eye one day. Oh, this is good news. Oh, they're going to the Supreme Court as a horse. Judicial system's a chariot. These things are not we trust in. We shall trust in the name of the Lord and what the Lord God has spoken, not what's up, not what's down. And I'll tell you what, you keep going with that kind of stuff. Well, we go to Newsmax now. Yeah, well, they got good news and they got bad news. And one day you're going to have a good eye and next day you're going to be blind in that eye. And you've got to make up your mind if you're going to keep your right eye or not. But notice, he encouraged himself in the name of the Lord. Praise God. And what happened when that happened? I'm glad you asked. Verse 8. And David inquired at the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for thou shall surely... That's not a name of a sister in a church. That surely overtake them, and without fail, do what? Do what? We are going to recover. Come on, the Christians that have lost joy and been weeping of what's going on are going to recover some joy, praise God. We are going to recover our power of the Holy Ghost. We are going to recover the authority that God gave us to begin with. We are going to, I'll tell you, the wealth of the wicked, coming. 
It's coming. Businesses and everything else are coming over. Why is that? Praise God, because the righteous are being exalted in judgment, because God is being exalted in judgment at this time. Hallelujah. All right, go to Psalm 2. Now we get to the good part. <laughs> You're right, it is hot in here. I might have to buy I might have to buy one of them funeral fans off one of you before this is over with. All right, Psalm 2, are you there? Look at verse 1. Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. He that sits in the heavens... He that sits in the heavens says, oh, my God, what am I going to do next? He says, oh, I'm worried about what's going on. No, he that sits in the heavens says what? He laughs. That's a good one. God says that's a good one. Coming against my anointed. Oh, that's a good one. My God, that's a good one. So we're down here stressing out, and he's up there laughing, praise God. All right, look at verse 5. Then he shall do what? Uh-oh. Then he shall speak unto them in his wrath. Notice, the time of being nice God is over. Not happy anymore. So what's going on, praise God? He says he's going to speak unto his wrath, and he's going to vex them in his sore displeasure. Yea, I have set my king upon the holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree. How many know when that's good? That's it, brother. The Lord has said to me, thou art my son, and this day have I begotten you. So what's God doing? For a long time, he's been laughing. For a long time, he's been patient, loving, kind, giving everybody a chance to make a turn, giving everybody to come out, giving people in church to get a brain, praise God, and read their Bible and come out. But now, judgment is coming. And what happens when judgment comes? God is exalted. Look at the results of that. Verse 8. Ask of me, and I shall give you the heathen for your inheritance and the uttermost parts of the earth for your... My God, if that ain't revival, what is revival? Our inheritance is the heathen. Our inheritance is, is your friends. It's your family. It's, it's, it's people in Iran. It's people all over the world. It's people in every single country. It's in communist country. It's another country. When God is exalted, there is going to be revival like this earth has never seen before. And it starts locally here. So God says, that's why I wanted you to release the book right now. That's why I wanted to give you what now now? To get out to people, to get your friends involved, to get your relation involved, to get your family involved. But it's going to go bigger than that. And I'm not talking about the book. I'm talking about the revival. Are you following me? It's going to go bigger than that, praise God. And what's the purpose of the whole thing? Matthew 24, 14 says, And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached to every nation, and then the end shall... 
So what happens? When God speaks, Prescott, it happens. God's just about to speak judgment. When he does, he's going to be exalted. When he's exalted, the church, the church, the real church, is going to be exalted with him, and revival is going to hit this nation. Revival is going to hit your relation. Revival is going to hit it every single word, simply because God speaks. Notice how long, and this may be your last chance. I'm telling you, Noah was building an ark for a long time. And he's hammering away, pounding away. What do you know? It's going to be a flood. I'm nailed. There ain't going to be no flood, man, I'm telling you. Six o'clock news, no flood. Noah's an idiot. No flood. Noah don't know what he's doing. Noah never heard God. It's all over with. There's never been any rain. He just keeps hammering away, praise God. Over 100 years he's beaten. Everybody's ignoring him, blah, 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 blah. Oh, where is your rain? Where is your God who's going to bring the rain? Where is your God who's going to bring judgment? And all once he got in and closed the door. And when he did, God said, rain. And when he said rain, brother, it wasn't six months later that it rained. It wasn't a year later. It was that day that thus rain started coming down, and it rained until everybody on the earth was flooded. That's the time we're living in right now. Hallelujah. And I want to show you one more scripture. Can I do that? Thank you. Go to Galatians chapter 1. I'm going to show you the key to this revival. Glory to God. All right, are you there, Galatians? Galatians chapter 1, look at verse 15. Paul says, but when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb, how many know it was God that separated you from your mother's womb, and called me by His grace, how many know He was called, you were called, to reveal His Son in me that I might preach Him among the heathen, immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood. So notice God's end game to this whole thing is not only get you born again, put the Spirit of God in you and Christ in you, but to reveal the Christ who's on the inside of you to the nations. Now watch, God works in different ways and different styles. If Before my time, they had something called the holiness move or the holiness revival. What happened? Everybody was trying to be holy. Sometimes they got carried away and you had to cut your hair and couldn't wear lipstick and all that. But it was move of God because God is holy. It was a holiness revival. When I came in, it was just basically the time where they're setting up tents. They're doing healings. They're doing miracles. Things are happening in the tents. And that was really strong for a while. Next, there was the faith movement. Everybody was preaching faith. Everybody was talking about faith. That sort of waned out. And after that, the joy wave came in the early 1990s. Hallelujah. If you know the joy wave, you really missed it, praise God. It was, it was a very happy time. You want to talk about joy unspeakable and full of glory, you couldn't speaketh when you had this joy, praise God. And I believe over the last 15 years, there's been a move of the kingdom of God. Basically, that's what's trying to be taught. That's what's trying to get out there. Now, notice, holiness is a part of Christ. Miracles... And healings are a part of Christ. Faith is a part of Christ. Joy, you saw what happened when, when they're in, in Ziklag, everybody's wee. Joy is a part of, and the kingdom is a part of Christ. So instead of waves going out, this is going to be all parts of Christ 
being manifested by those who have really pressed in and know what's going on in the earth realm and the entire Christ of signs, wonders, miracles, power, glory, faith, everything is going to flow out of the inside of you. And when you go into heathens, you'll be able to walk up to 100 people and say, healed from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. And the power of God's going to hit every one of them and it's going to spread through the whole thing. But judgment will come first. These some I know there's some nations that are going to get judged. China going to get judged. Yeah. They seem like they're a big power right now, but you know what? God's going, <laughs> Russia. <laughs> no, he's laughing at all these things because he knows what's coming. And when I started studying this and found out what's coming, I'm a little more excited than I was before I learned all this stuff. And it doesn't matter what's going on, pandemic, mandemic, worst year ever, not for me, praise God, best year right now for me ever, because I know what's coming, I know what's happening, I know what's in the future, I know the way I'm going to be used, I know the way the book's going to get out and touch people's lives and, and move on them, praise God, hallelujah. I know these things are real. You see, they become real in me. And they're in me. So now when something happens, it, it's bad, and it's not doing any good, you know what I do? That's a good one. And this guy over here is running a garage sale or building sale or driveway sale or whatever sale over there. Went over there. He used to talk to him. He tried to run our front a few times. Said, how you know? Oh, my God. I'm telling you. It's just been one of those years. It's just out there. I mean, that's when you zone out and you're listening. And I'll tell you what. We're just all going on a business and we're all going to die. And by the first year, if they don't give us 1200 bucks, we're all going to... Going, Jesus, why did I come over here? Help me, Lord. And he says, how's it going with your church? Is it still there? I said, it's there. It's stronger than it's ever been. And praise God, we're all joyous and happy. We're all flowing in financial blessings. And God is good. It's all over us. Praise God right now. And I'll tell you what. End of discussion. He couldn't rebuke me, and he certainly couldn't agree with me. So I'll tell you what. You've all in here got a right eye. And that eye is very important, not only to God, not only to the prophetic, not only to the church, but it's important to you. You need to keep that eye real bright so you can see clearly, praise God. Remember the beginning of last year? I can see clearly was one of the songs we sung. You've got to continue to see clearly through all the smog and the bog and the lies and the corruptness and everything that's going on right now because God has already spoken and I'm just going to believe God. Well, how's it going to happen? I don't care. I'm just going to believe God. Well, what if this happens? I don't care. I'm just going to believe God. Stop trying to figure everything out in your life. That would be a start. You don't know. Just believe what God said. If he told you you're going to run a worldwide ministry, then say, amen, hallelujah, glory to God. And let God figure out how to do it. You don't have to figure everything out. Because if you figure it out, you want to take the credit for it. And you don't need any credit, praise God, because you've got somebody on the inside of you that is big boy, praise God. Hallelujah. Now to balance it out. Away in a manger, no crib for and I'm not mocking Christmas. I'm just telling you there are things more important than that. Do you understand? And this is Christmas. If this isn't Christmas, what is? Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. the king.